Hello and welcome to, I think, episode 7 of Shuffle the Pack podcast. My name is Gary, I am one of your hosts, and with me for this bi-week special, as ever, is my co-host extraordinaire, the K-pop to my Eurovision, Eurovision Song Contest, it's James Wagstaff. How are we, James? Yeah, feeling good. Um, unfortunately, no Packers win to speak of th- this week. Obviously, had a bye week, gave the rest of the league a, a chance to catch up. But um, no, very much excited, looking forward to this uh, big crunch matchup with uh, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. <laughs> I quite like that one. Um, obviously, normally at this point we just jump straight in and talk about last week's game. But obviously, you know, there's only you can only win games if you play them. So I think the big thing we need to press on with is injury returns. Now, obviously, we've had uh, Adams out, Lewis out, Rashad Gary's out, Kenny Clark's out, Chandler Sullivan's out, Chris Barnes has all been out in week four, having the bye in week five. How are we looking going into week six? Yeah. So from an injury perspective, obviously. Um, Comparatively to last year, where the Packers lived a bit of a charmed life for, from an injury perspective, did very, very well all season. This season, we've been hit quite badly with the injury bug. I mean, I'm not going to say it's anywhere as bad as some of the other teams, such as 49ers, but it hasn't been great thus far with the number of players keep starters missing snaps. But it does look as though the team are starting to, to get a bit healthier. Um, by all accounts, Adams, Clark, Gary should definitely all be back this week. And thus far on the injury report, this week, it's only really Kevin King and Tyler Irvin who um, who haven't been practicing. Kevin King is a, a bit of a worry just from a matchup perspective, but um, hopefully that's not too serious, and hopefully he can he can suit up on Sunday as well. Yeah, I mean that, that would be that would be the ideal if we could have like an almost completely full strength uh, squad going up against the Bucks because obviously the Bucks have got a fairly strong defense. Um, Alan Lazard still out, I believe. Yeah, so, so he's obviously gone on to IR uh, with a designation to potentially return later in the season. So he had a surgery um, following the, the, in, the core muscle injury he got against the Saints. So he's going to be at least a good few weeks, probably not looking at him until the, the last stage of the season, hopefully in time for the playoffs. We might be able to get him back into, into the lineup. I mean, it's, it's not all bad, though, because we do have uh, some Brown coming back as well, apparently. He's, uh, he's been taken off IR, I think. Um, so, you know, this could be a good opportunity for him because I believe he was out all last year as well. Yeah, he's been pretty unlucky with um, injuries throughout his young career at this point. Had was played sparingly in his first season, then obviously lost last season to injury and then hasn't played any games thus far um, this season. So, uh, hasn't done an awful lot. Obviously, hopefully, he can put injuries behind him and start to make a, a name for himself in this offence. There's certainly room for receiver obviously with Lazard out um, you, you certainly see a potential room where he could potentially fit in this offense. Um, Matt yeah, Fleur was saying earlier today that, that he has a chance to play th- this week that he'll, he'll sort of let it sort of EQ guide him in respect of how his body feels and he's not going to sort of force him into action if he's not ready so it would be interesting to see if he does I mean, it's, it's not like the, the end of the world if he doesn't get, uh, doesn't get a few runs out immediately. We don't, it's not like we're, we're short of weapons at the minute. Like, cause of the, because of the play calling and the way that Rodgers is playing, the, 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 the point scoring has been spread all across the, the whole team, basically. Um, so if, so I, I feel that means we don't necessarily have to rush Sim Brown back too quickly. I mean, is that something you'd agree with? Or? I think that's, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, the, the, the main player back is having Devontae back. I mean, on the Pat McAfee show yesterday where Rogers was doing his usually usual Tuesday slot, he said a question about the EQ got brought up and he said, look, for me, the most important player to have back is 17. 
Adams is a is a superstar, and I'm I'm buzzing the fact that he's going to be back for for this game because he really is the the, the sort of key to this offense. I think. Yeah. So overall, we're looking pretty looking pretty strong uh, going into the, the Buccaneers game, which I feel we need to bring up now. And that was a super smooth, super professional segue for the first time since we started doing this. Um, <laughs> so, so the week uh, was it Thursday they played against the Bears. Uh, they managed to lose twenty nineteen, which sounds like a close game, but at one stage the Bucks were thirteen and zero up. Is that like a collapse or is just not a uh, not good play call? Yeah, it's one of those where it, it looked those watching that the Bucks were going to win, obviously particularly late on. The ball gets Brady gets the ball back with sort of over a minute and a half left on the the game. You feel like, oh, we've seen this one before. He's going to drive halfway up the field, get into field goal range, kick the field goal, take the W, and and sort of Bob's your uncle. But um, he um, managed to forget what down it was. I'm sure everyone at this point has seen the meme that's been doing the rounds online where he's counting his hand and talking to the official and didn't realise that it was fourth down and ends up uh, and losing the game. So whether or not he would have gone for a slightly different option from, from a pass perspective, had he have known it was fourth down, remains to be seen. But uh, no, the Bears managed to continue to live their charmed life and, and get another W. That's fairly tragic that he missed his, uh, well, he miscounted to four. Do you know what I mean? He has at least five things on his hands. We've seen four of them for definite. And um, he's been playing the game for what, 20 years or something at a professional level, and obviously a few years before that at college and high school, whatever else. I'm pretty sure that even on the sidelines, there's like big threes and fours and twos with the relevant downs. So like, how do you, how do you not keep track of that? You only throw in the ball four times. Yeah, it's, you'd think you'd be able to count to four, uh, particularly his, his age and his experience. I mean, he's got children he's, to teach. How's he not doing it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a surprising one. You have, you have to admit, um, for a player of his experience and his well, his career, uh, I imagine the six Super Bowls he'll probably point to those as you know, he'll probably get away with the odd mistake. But you imagine if a, a rookie did that, they'd be getting absolutely hounded <laughs> if they'd have managed to make that mistake. Yeah, like if, if Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert pulled that, they'd be, like, they'd be, they'd be absolutely just mocked roundly. Like this guy's not ready. Blah 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 blah. But because uh, uh, Brady's at the other end of his career, if you like, uh, given him, I mean, as much as like the internet's given him a bit of stick for it, I mean, everyone's kind of glossed over it now. You know, it's just, like miscounted the four, blah blah blah. But that's that's about it. I think we're probably the last ones in, if you want to call this media, then we're probably the last ones in the media still talking about it. Yeah, uh, as I say, that's the sort of cachet you get when you have those six Super Bowl rings. So, so <laughs> you can get away with murder, really. Fuck you, boy. Fuck you, boy. Um, speaking of getting away with murder, I don't think that Brady has been putting off particularly strong numbers since he's got down to Tampa Bay. I think he's, uh, he's muddling along nicely. He's had, what, four interceptions? Yeah, I was, I was looking into this uh, prior to this interception. I, I had looked at his stats and... I found a pretty interesting one. So Brady, through five weeks this season, has thrown for 1,375 yards, 12 touchdowns and four picks, which has provided the Bucks with a 3-2 and two record. Now, when you compare that to Jameis Winston, uh, who was playing there last season, through five weeks, he'd thrown for 1,371 yards with 11 touchdowns and five picks. So Brady was obviously much ballyhooed coming into this season uh, as the player that's going to... <laughs> the bucks over the top but in reality he's accounted for one more touchdown and one less interception uh, in that that time period so I mean everyone said that Bruce Arians offense is very much a, a sort of deep play throw, throw the ball deep uh, offense and they do take more risks 
But does that mean that Brady's going to end up with anything close to that 30 picks that Winston showed through last season? That sounds like you're, you're getting awfully close to approaching a hot take there, James. You're saying that Tom Brady is no better than James Winston. Is that, uh, is that what you're, you're aiming towards? I'm not, I don't, don't claim that he's no better. I just said that uh, when you look at it from purely from a binary stats point of view, that there doesn't seem to be too much difference. Now, whether or not Brady heats up, and I, I personally don't think there's any he'll throw anything close to 30 interceptions of the season, but it is interesting when you just put the, the, the two, two players for the first five games of the, this and last season against each other. What I think was probably more worrying for, for Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers at the moment is just the prevalence of pick sixes in his game. He's thrown four now in his last seven, which, I mean, considering that Aaron Rodgers has only thrown two in his entire career, <laughs> you'd have to say that that's something that he would urgently want to, to clear up because he's just giving the team points ultimately. Yeah, I mean, it's probably fair to say that Brady being 42 or 43 now, he's probably on his, uh, his last couple of years for definite. Um, but I don't necessarily mean that think that I agree with your hot take that he's only as good as Breeze's second quarterback backup. <laughs> Depends, yeah. Is it, is it Taysom Hill? Is it Jameis? Who knows? Sean Payton absolutely loves Taysom Hill, but uh, you'd probably think Winston's Why? better. <laughs> Why? That, you know, that's a question for later on. We'll work out later on. Um, <laughs> speaking, speaking of New Orleans, actually, well, obviously the Buccaneers lost uh, the Saints in the first game. They looked fairly convincing against Denver and Carolina, but like against Justin Herbert, the Chargers, they looked fairly... Yeah, the average, I thought. They, they've been, they seem to have been pretty hot and cold throughout this season. As you say, in that first game, it clearly didn't click. Uh, and then for each game moving forward, they, they've had spells where they think, seem to get things together and the offence is running pretty smooth. But it, it seems to go in the tank after a, a fairly short period of time. I mean, their best game offensively, at least, was the game against the, the, the Chargers, where Tom Brady sort of led five straight touchdown drives. But prior before and, and after that, he, he didn't really do an awful lot. So it seems as though this, this offense can really heat up. But if you can manage to slow them down, they can really get off schedule. So I think that would be pretty key for, for, for the Packers this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, like if, if the uh, offensive weapons that Tom Brady has can stay healthy as well, I think like Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin's back in practice, you told me just before we started recording this, um, I think that we, we could be up against the game. I think it would be a much, much more difficult game than perhaps the Vikings in week one. Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a tricky game. Uh, on paper, the, the Bucks really need it. Obviously, their, their division, the NFC South, is, is shaping up to be very, very competitive. Obviously, the, the Saints beat the, the Chargers to move to three and two. The Panthers have won three straight um, to also move to, to three and two. Obviously, Falcons are roadkill, but, but there's three teams... <laughs> Seriously <laughs> vying for all that does. So the Buccaneers really need it after dropping that game. They probably should have won against the Bears. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I think they will give us everything they've got uh, in this game. Yeah, I, I think they'd be, they'd be remiss to consider anything else. Like, as you say, it's quite a fairly well-matched division. Maybe not as strong as the NFC West is it? with Seahawks and Niners, Rams and uh, Cardinals in it. But it's still clearly matched. Like the, the stats don't lie. It's three and two, three and two, three and two, and then Falcons. Um, so it, it is going to be like a strong, strong division, I think. So they do need to put up a put up a result. Um, now down in Florida, it's obviously a little, a little bit warmer than Tampa Bay, especially this time of year. Do you think that the team not heading down there early, and not getting time to acclimatise, will, will have any effect? 
oh, I think they'll be okay from, from a heat perspective. I mean, a lot of the players probably play college down in the, in the south, so they're probably not too phased by playing in the heat. I know that Matt LaFleur has been heating up the practice, uh, the Don Hudson Centre th- this week, up until ridiculously hot temperatures to try and get the players used to it to, to feel like they would be they will be in the game. It would be interesting to see whether or not the Buccaneers make the Packers play in, in green. Just you often see that for the Florida teams, particularly in the early portion of the season, that they'll sort of put the, the road team in their in their dark home uniform uh, and play in white so that, that um, any sun gets absorbed straight into the uniforms you often that's interesting. I hadn't even considered that, but yeah, it, it makes sense for the 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 darker the darker colours to sort of like absorb the heat. And yeah, no, I didn't even I hadn't thought about that. That's a very interesting thing. Um, all right. So I don't think there's much else we need to really talk about as far as next week goes. Um, no, I mean the the only thing that I thought would be sort of interesting to mention. I was sort of looking at some of the the stats prior to this game, and I think that one of the key battlegrounds, if you will, for this particular matchup is likely to be sort of in the running game on the ground. Um, the Buccaneers, their calling card up to this point this season appears to be their preference for stopping the run. They're only allowing a 2.4 yards per carry this season. The, the longest run that they've allowed all season is only 14 yards, whereas the, the Packers coming into this ranked both fifth in the league in both yards per game and yards per attempt. It really is strength on strength. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top? Now, the, the Bucks did lose Vita Vea um, in, against the, the Bears, for, and he's on IR for the rest of the season. He's an absolute beast sort of stuff in the run. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up that stout run defence. But I think that's a, a key sort of area to watch for, for on Sunday. If, uh, if Aaron Jones, as a runner, is not sure we could just like, throw him out wide as a receiver or something just to... Like boost his stats for the season, if nothing else, because he he does give us that that sort of two pronged attack from one one runner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been he's been an all out backer this year. So he's been catching. Uh, he's not just been sort of catching out the backfield. He's been yeah, as you say, split out as a receiver. So I think that Baron Jones will find his time to get his yards. He usually does, whether that is through the air or on the ground. It'd be good to see how Lafleur schemes it up um, in order to to get. He's running yard is say it is strength on strength. The the line has blocked well for, in the running game this season, so I am intrigued to see how that, that plays out. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so on that note, I think we should probably finish up this whole section with the score predictions for the game. I reckon it's going to be fairly tight within one score. I've gone thirty-five to twenty-nine to Green Bay. What about yourself? I've also gone pretty tight. I've gone Packers thirty, Buccaneers twenty-seven. So a feel a field goal difference, but I'm hoping that the Packers come out with a five and zero record, and we can, yeah, carry on our undefeated sixteen and zero season. Well, it's uh, it's currently on course. You know how many? Well, there's only like four, four other, well, four and five and zero teams left. That were undefeated teams, if you like, left. I think so. Yeah, so it's on course. We're definitely looking good. Right. With that, let's have a look at the NFC North watch. How are we doing there? Yeah, I'll let you take the lead on this because I forgot all about it this weekend and I am very, very apologetic for that. No, that's, that's quite all right. So, yeah, obviously we, we've spoken a bit about the, the Bears. They managed to, to sneak a victory uh, against the Bucks, as we mentioned on Thursday Night Football last week. Um, if it hadn't been for Brady forgetting it was fourth down, I think that they probably would be three and two, but they remain four and one at this stage and can't rule them out until, uh, until they are mathematically out at this stage. 
defense does look frisky. Um, I don't like the the idea that Khalil Mack seems to be get, getting back to his best, but he certainly did look very very good against the the, the Bucks on, on Thursday night. So they're going to remain in games. It's whether or not they can uh, obviously put out enough offense to, to keep winning. Uh, at the moment, their point differential for it, this season is um, very very low. It's the lowest in the league considering they've managed to win four games. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on this week. They've got the Panthers, who have won three on the bounce now. Um, so it how seems good like is Teddy Bridgewater looking this season, by the way? Oh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is what Teddy Bridgewater has been most of his career, which is a very, very solid, dependable starter in, in, in this league. He was obviously very unlucky with that injury that he suffered a few seasons ago uh, when he was at the Vikings. And then, obviously, he's never really come back uh, truly since until this season as a starter obviously had a bit of a cameo last season yeah, went 5-0 with, with the Saints uh, in Drew Brees' stead but um, it's, it's good to see him back on the field after what was a horrific injury um, but I think that he'll certainly I don't think he'll win you too many games but he'll certainly not lose you too many Yeah and no, I, I just really like the way he's, uh, he's playing I, I spoke to you, uh, you earlier in the week as well about you know everyone's giving Alex Smith the kudos for and, and rightly so for being able to walk again if nothing else let alone play um, but I think a lot of people are sort of sleeping on the Teddy Bridgewater injury where his leg was basically held on by the power of positive thought. Um, and then for him to be back up at a, a playoff team and then moving to be a starter at the Panthers, as you say, he's maybe not going to be spectacular ever, but I think he deserves a round of applause just for doing that, the, the mental strength to get back up. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to think how difficult it must be to come back from the situation and also come back to what is known for violence. Um, you're putting yourself in harm's way every single snap of every single game. So to have the mental fortitude to come back and actually come back to a very decent level, uh, fair play, props to, props to him. And I hope, uh, I don't mind the Panthers, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. And apparently, by all accounts, Matt Rule is a, is a very, very good coach, obviously from Baylor uh, this off-season. It'll be interesting to see how they how they go as the season wears on. Obviously, as we mentioned, that division is looking a bit of a, of a fist fight. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, sorry, um, you just uh, on touching on Matt Rule there, he came in at the same time as Joe Judge at the Giants. And it's like night and day the way the two have come in. Joe Judge is just terrible, isn't it? Or is it just a bad team? Yeah, I mean, the Panthers, on the face of it, if you look at their up and down their squad, they haven't got the most amount of talent, particularly with Christian McCaffrey out at the moment. Um, so Matt Rule really does seem to be doing a, a great job from a coaching standpoint at this at this moment in time, he was very much hyped up coming in, sort of coming in as, as the Panthers coach. And in fact, the Giants were at one stage looking the most likely to, to land him. So yeah, it'll be, it will certainly be interesting to see how he that they continue as you, when you compare them one against the other. Yeah, um, right. So that's probably enough about teams not in the NFC North for a second there. Uh, Vikings last week played against Seattle, came close, but just as ever, they have just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, as my, I always love the Vikings losing. It was a bit of a, a win-win game, as we spoke about on, on the last podcast. I kind of wouldn't have minded too much had the Vikings held out for, for the win because of obviously Seattle likely to be competing with the Packers, it looks like at this stage at least, for that number one seed. So it would have been nice if they could have got an L in the column, but say I'm never going to quibble too much if the Vikings lose. Uh, of Vikings, obviously they were up 13 nothing. They played pretty much perfect first half. Uh, the only thing that let them down was the fact that they were settling for field goals 
rather than touchdowns or, or sort of number of their drives. And that ultimately costs them further down the line as, as Russell Wilson does what Russell Wilson always does, which is put on a, put on a show. I think he, he likes the pressure, Mr. Unlimited, as he, as he calls himself. And uh, he likes being in that sort of last minute situation when the chips are, are on the line and coming out big because uh, he is truly tremendous. Yeah, it is, for him, it still boggles me that he's never had even a vote for the MVP, but it's fascinating, you know. Um, I'm just looking at your votes that you've put in. You've put, they host the Dan Quinless Falcons. I like the, the idea of it being winless, winless. So I just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> winless, winless, yeah. yeah. Oh, they were winless, winless. <laughs> now they are winless Falcons, uh, as I say. Um, yeah, you do imagine the Vikings at home will probably beat Quinless Falcons. Um, unless Dan Quinn was the real reason that was holding them back. Probably not the case. I think that the defence, particularly of that, that Falcon squad, is pretty, pretty talent poor. I think the Vikings, although that they've, they didn't win last week, they still took one of the strongest teams in the NFC right down to the wire in, in Seattle. So I think the Vikings will probably win against the, the, the Quinless Falcons this week. And then uh, the, to round out the, the NFC North, obviously the Lions, they had a bye. So... Uh, they managed to avoid blowing a double-digit lead this week, um, so it's got to be a win in in Lions quarters. And they've got uh, they've got a trip to uh, to Jacksonville this week to take on the, the Mustache. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't see a winner out of either one of those two. I don't want it to be a draw, but I, I mean, I think the Jags will probably win. But at the same time, I think the Lions have probably got too much strength. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd say it's one of those those games that um, it will come from red zone, but I can't see many people, um, apart from diehard hard Lions and, and Jags fans, which you pretty much have to be, comes with the territory of sporting either one of those clubs. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone else will keep that, give that old game a, a wide berth. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Like, um, right, so just to touch back on the Vikings quickly now, obviously they've got, oh, I can't remember who they've got, actually, but after the Bucks, then we've got the Texans, they've the we, we face the Vikings in about three weeks' time or something, three four weeks, whatever it is. Um, do you think they'll be up to speed at that point? They'll have like a couple of more, a bit of a higher number in the win column? Or? I think so. Um, I've said it from the get-go. I think that Mike Zimmer is, is still a good coach, given the Packers a fair amount of fits o- over the season. Um, so I think that they will turn things around. I think I see them as about an 8-8 eight and eight squad. I do think that they will start to... to a few wins. Hopefully that's not the case against the Packers when we play them in November, but um, I do think that they will come back to, back to the mean. At us. And joining us now on Shuffle the Pack, making their debuts are Rams fan Matt Childs and Dolphins fan Phil Swain to offer a bit more of a perspective on the other teams. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, haven't got COVID, so can't complain. <laughs> I'm all good, and I'm, I'm, I'm at the front line fighting it, so I feel proud. Right. <laughs> That's excellent news. Right, we'll just jump straight into it. Rams, Matt, talk to us about the season. How are we doing? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, where to start with that? I, I think, first of all, uh, I, if you'd have given me this, this record of, you know, four and one after five games, I'd have absolutely bitten your hand off before, <laughs> you know, before going into the season, as you can probably imagine. There was, a, you know, a few shaky moments last, last season. It looks like it's a bit more of a, a solid unit. I think the, the on defense they've been excellent. Um, obviously, the you know the big big time players, your Aaron Donalds, your Jalen Ramsey, is clearly being you know big difference makers. 
putting a lot of pressure, you know, on the quarterback, especially that defensive line, um, which has been really, really good. Um, and then on top of that as well, you've got the you've got the offense ticking, you know, humming along really, really well. Um, no one's I don't think we've got any any crazy superstar players right now. But everyone's doing their job. People are stepping up. You've got your likes, of, you know, Tyler Higby's going off, you know, for three touchdowns in the game. Gerald Everett stepping up. Keeper Cup, Robert Woods doing what they do as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then obviously Goff, like you know, when he's got a good system around him with an offensive line that can actually, you know, stop a pass rush, it's um, you know, I think it all all, all takes quite well. Um, obviously, there's been a few hiccups, but for the most part, I, I'd say you know it's all very positive and. On the, I mean, on the flip side, you could also say that, you know, it is against four games have been against the uh, NFC East, which is, in a, you know, an absolute <laughs> train wreck at the moment. Yeah, it's fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Like kicking so, a bing bag around. That's, <laughs> that's it. But the, and to be fair, I mean, apart from the, uh, the Giants game, they've looked really, really good. Uh, you know, all, all the pieces, as I say, coming together, you know, a really well-drilled football team. But... Well, let's see what let's see what the the rest of the season has in store. But uh, yeah, very positive so far. And what yeah, do you sort of rate chances? Chat chances. I, it's it's a hard one. I think I think it's a sneaky. They, they've got a sneaky chance, you know, of getting in there. I I don't really rate the chances of being able to, you know, take on uh, maybe like a, a Kansas City or you know the Ravens. I, I think when they come up. And dare I say it, the Packers actually, <laughs> um, you know, when they come up against a really high-powered offense, I, I'm not sure, and you know, a good defense. As I say, let, let's see what happens. I think I think they put in a really good shift against the Bills, even though it was a loss. And I, I still take away a lot, you know, I took more positives out of the Bills game where they they did lose. I mean, they they shouldn't have given up them them two huge plays at the end, and and you know, you could argue with the refs calls as well. But you know, for the most part. Definitely. Um, I think they've, you know, they've quite a real good showing for themselves. So, uh, especially in that, that game against some, like, you know, serious competition. Um, let, let's see how it, how it goes. You know, you, you never know with injuries and things as well. Yeah, so obviously you, you've said, like, this, this year's been, like, fairly good. Good start, at least. Do you think last year was maybe obviously not as good as the year before? Do you think it was maybe a little bit of Super Bowl hangover? Oh, 100%. I think, um, as I say, like, you know, Gurley obviously just wasn't with it. Um, I don't know whether that's injuries or whatever. The offensive line wasn't really, you know, really ticking. And I think it just, as I say, I think the Rams is almost like an ecosystem, if you like, where everyone has to be doing their, their part in equal measure. And I think that gets the best out of, you know, Goff. I think last year, you know, certain parts of the team that weren't performing, and, you know, you saw him throwing some really awful picks, you know, just just sloppy mistakes all over the field, really. So, yeah, maybe you could have put it down to a Super, uh, Super Bowl hangover. Um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely, you know, potentially why. I think, yeah, maybe maybe coaching as well. Like, you know, you've, you've got new coaches this year, you know, both offensive and defensive coordinators. So it's not all on Sean McVay. You know, I think there's uh, numerous factors. But, yeah, Super Bowl hangover for sure, probably. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you don't really have many much in the way of uh, superstars on your team either. But I'd argue Aaron Donald is probably one of the MVP uh, contenders for this year. He absolutely manhandled the Cowboys in Week One, and last weekend I genuinely feared for the life of Alex Smith. Oh, my he's God. a bad, bad, <laughs> bad man. Oh God, he does not give a fuck oh, about your comeback. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm taking your legs and I'm taking your soul. Absolutely, yeah. Did anybody he... see that little clip of him as well, where he's like, "That motherfucker's leg like, is strong." <laughs> 
I missed that one. I missed that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt terrible for Alex Smith, you know, going against that that line, you know. I, and if, I don't think it's just Donald as well. Like, I, I mean, obviously he he he's the massive difference maker, isn't he? Um, I don't. I don't. By the way, when I said I, I don't think they've got superstars, I think Aaron Donald is arguably the you know the best player in in the league. Certainly, agreed. Um, like you know, like that just goes without saying, isn't it? He's he's just an absolute specimen of a of a, of a football player. Um, and seems but, seems to look even bigger and stronger and meaner this year than he did last year somehow. Yeah, I mean that's the fear as a Rams fan. I just keep thinking, oh, how you know how's this going to keep up? Um, <laughs> with, you know, how, can he keep go season on season on season? And and he seems to be just getting better, which is absolutely crazy because he's he's a phenomenal force. Um, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he he's looked pretty good. Like with the secondary, has been pretty good. Not not too amazing in takeaways. I don't think that's Ramsey's you know skill set, but they haven't you know. Uh, the amount of yards they're actually conceding is is is, is pretty low. Um, I, it's it's hard to tell as well. Is that coming from the? Is that coming from all the pressure that you know Donald's putting on the course of that, or is that you know? Or, well, the the secondary just seems very you know very solid as well. So, yeah, I don't think we're lacking in superstars, but um, I, I meant more on the off offensive side of the ball. They they don't have those you know your, your Hopkinses, your you know. Um, your Saquon Barclays, those kind of superstars on there, but they've got just a, a really solid unit of players. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I can't really, can't really argue with what you said. That it, it all seems very, very strong, but very beige at the same time. If that makes yeah, sense, like, it's, it's absolutely. Like it stands absolutely. Out, but it's, it's all just like ticks along nicely, you know. Um, yeah, as, as long as they're scoring the points. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, the right. So the NFC West is obviously. Considered like one of the hardest in the the league, but it's probably one of the most open this year as well. Like the Cardinals started strong, but had a bit of a drop off. The 49ers have been just like decimated by MetLife Stadium, and the Seahawks are looking frightening. Do you think there's an outside chance for the the Rams to have a playoff run this year? Um, absolutely. I think you know. I don't know in terms of uh, beating the Seahawks because Russell Wilson just seems that special. Uh, you've seen it against the Vikings uh, on Sunday. It's, he's just a, a crazy football player, and I think I, I think it would be a monumental effort to you know, or a monumental collapse of the the Seahawks to not win the division. Even though their defense maybe isn't up to it, when you've got a player as special as Wilson, who's probably the MVP leading candidate at the moment, I don't really see us doing that. But I, I can definitely see us getting a wild card spot. Um, I think we're we're strong enough to do that. I think we're cons you know, as I say, our, our team's clicking together. I think we'll be consistent enough over the season to do that. And who knows? Who knows about a playoff run? Um, I think when you've got players, as I say, like like Donald, <laughs> you know, if if the defense is, you know, if the defense is working properly and it's you know keeping teams under you know 20, uh, 20 points at times, then I've got every confidence that you know in that beige but you know good offense that they'll they'll be able to score you know twenty five to thirty points on pretty much anyone in the league at the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um... You, I think your next game is against the 49ers, is that right? Absolutely. They're a bit of a what car crash as well. <laughs> the wheels well, seem to be falling off them a bit, don't they? <laughs> Talk about Super Bowl hangovers. Oh, definitely. That's like the, the, the epitome of it at the moment. Um, you've got, have you got a sport, uh, score prediction for us for next week? Oh, a score prediction. I never... Um, what would I go Just with? Bear, bear in mind that I will put money on whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> I've only I've only loosely seen the uh, the Niners this this year too much, but you know I'd have to go with. Um... From a Dolphins fan, I can tell you they're not very good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lean too much on that result, but uh, I'll say, I'm, 
putting you know thirty plus points. So I'd say thirty two to oh, sixteen with a couple of interceptions, whether that be Jimmy G playing or Nick Mullins or is it CJ Beathard? Like you know, um, I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm confident in our chances for sure. All right, so I've got it written down now, 32-16. So if that's wrong, <laughs> you owe me a pound. All right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Uh, next up, we're talk- going to talk with Phil about Miami. How do you think the season's going, Phil? Uh, it's kind of going as predicted, really. I, I mean, it's nice going into a season where you feel like you're just playing with house money. Um, there's been no major expectations from the team. Nothing, no expectations at all from Fitzpatrick, other than he's a placeholder for a year. Tua can just sit back and kind of chill and learn what he's um, what he's doing. Um, so it just gives you the the freedom to just kind of play however they want. If they play bad, it's like oh well, we kind of expected it. If they pull out a result like we did against the 49ers, it's like well, wicked. I've just earned I've just earned a million pounds paying nothing. It's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like it's been a little bit up and down. Like, I don't think you started particularly cleverly, but it seems to be coming together nicely for Fitzmagic. But as we know, that magic but, Yes, but they've not been they've not been awful in any game. They've been poor, but I suppose considering the start we had last year, where through the first three games we conceded the record amount of points, going back to pre-merger days. <laughs> I mean, that was atrocious. That was painful to watch. Whereas this year is halfway through an, an intended rebuild. We shifted off all of our kind of best players the previous summer. And uh, thank you, Bill O'Brien, for the massive haul of draft picks. We've got the, the Texans. Show, Bill thank you very much. <laughs> yes. We've got the Texans by the nuts for a couple of seasons, at least, anyway. We've got a first this year and a second round this year. We might even have another first rounder as well or something. I know we've definitely got the because the problem with the Texans with them trying to rebuild or change in next year is they've got no they haven't got a first or a second round draft pick. On uh, top of all the other troubles the Texans, they've got, it's going to have a lot of trouble next year if ever goes in and takes that, that coaching job. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you guys have got the I think it's the Jets the bye week and then the Jets. I think in the next couple of games. Uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly because the, well they've changed the, they've changed a lot with the. Um, okay. schedule issues that have all shifted round. We've now got the Jets, the Rams and the Cardinals, I think. All right. It was originally oh, Jets a bye week and a Jets, but because um, because of COVID, we've we've managed to stay clean, but be a, the most affected team by it to a certain extent. This makes but, it really interesting because then after the Jets, which is probably going to be a win for you guys, then we've got a uh, Max team, the Rams, after that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I would keep to as far away from Aaron Donald as physically possible. I wouldn't even. It's at Rams, I think. So I would probably send him on a plane to England just to get him a bit further away from him. <laughs> yeah, because like, he's, he's made of glass. He's like Aaron Donald just eating breakfast. Aaron Donald would take his manhood across the sea. <laughs> um, but so with a better line, maybe next year, which is again halfway through a rebuild, they looked at the uh, looked at the O line and the defence and thought we need to really upgrade there. They picked like three um, uh, O linemen, two of which played well on the right side um, against the Forty ers And although the Forty ers are fairly depleted, we still managed they managed to protect Fitz very well. Um, uh, and so moving forward against some of the tougher teams, I think we'll be okay. But I still wouldn't put. Two I should probably see about around game fourteen or so. Sitting back, treating like Mahomes, you'll say house money. Not looking for anything from this season, and just let him kind of stew in the playbook. Yeah, no, that, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, I read something just not long before James and I started recording this actually, 
uh, your quarterback duo in Howard and Jones. Yep. I reckon they're pretty good. I, but I don't know if they're better or worse than the two boys they have up here in Minnesota. Anyone want to chime in on that? Nobody? In Minnesota? Yeah, the, the two quarterbacks have got up there. Are they better or worse than the two guys down in Miami? Uh, I'd say we're, I'd say we're better than Minnesota. When Minnesota had Rhodes at his prime, they were looking good. Um, but I don't think Minnesota is sitting on much defensively at the moment. They're relying an awful lot on rookies and things like that. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard have been, although I think they're the, the highest two contracts in the league, um, when they've played together, which is the first game and the last game pretty much, um, they've looked okay. We've really struggled when Byron went because we had a, our first, our third first-round pick, uh, Noah Igbenogany, I think his name was. The pronunciations aren't the best. Um, but he just he got exposed. He looked like he was a project. Since Byron came back, it was, he, was, he wasn't targeted much on um, Sunday. All right, okay. So maybe, I, maybe I misread something then. That's, uh, that one's on me. Um, against the 49ers, Fitzpatrick had a perfect passer rating at one point, whereas Jimmy G was only rated like 15 or 16 or something like that. Yep. Um, is it, was, that, was that a fair assessment of the game? Was it uh, Jimmy G having ankle problems that everyone's blaming it on or? Uh, I always um, distrust coaches whenever they come out and say anything along those lines because I mean, it may well be true but I think I heard too much Alex Ferguson in the Premier League just finding excuses for everything he didn't it, it, from what I could see he just got hassled a lot and our we finally had a kind of a good defensive game we had two I think two players had a sack and a forced fumble we had five different players get sacks um, our two interceptions again one from Howard um, we just we were all over him. He was pressured constantly through that first half, and whether that was because he was a bit immobile and couldn't move, his ankle was playing was playing up or not. Um, oh yeah, I'm not sure, but he did. He, he didn't. He, he didn't play well, whether he was um, injured or not. Yeah, I mean, like, they only they, seem like extraordinarily low. Yeah, they only the, the the entirety of the quarterbacks only managed 171 yards passing, Jeez, okay. and six, 16 completions on 35 attempts. Like we were, are, they were all, all over them. Those are the kind of numbers I would put up personally. You know? Yes. <laughs> right. Have you got a have you got a score prediction for the Jets game? So for the Jets again, I think because they're they're without um, Darnold as well. Darnold's officially out for it. Yeah. So they got Joe Flacco. He's put us up against Flacco, which I mean in the in that team might be a slight improvement. Not that Flacco's better than Darnold, just that he's got a bit more experience. Like wears concrete boots when he plays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but maybe they, they need a bit of a, a pocket passer rather than someone that just someone with a bit more experience, really. And their lines aren't up to much. They've lost the massive that fucking man mountain they've got on the left tackle in um, Mekti Becton. Yeah. So hopefully we we'll munch all over them. So I'm going to go something like 35 13. To Miami, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. If it's the other way around, you won't hear from me for a week. <laughs> if it's the other should way around, it should be longer than that. <laughs> no, you'll hear me. Right. You'll hear me, but it'll just be tears for the other month. I think in the last oh. since Darnold was drafted, the Jets are zero and seven when starting anybody else at quarterback. Obviously, there's been a quite a few well, seven games because he got mono last season, and then obviously this season with the injury. So. Stats are in your favour. You really could put them to bed. I don't trust stats. <laughs> stats are one of those things that always get trumped out. You win in the game, they go, oh, well, a team's never lost a game from this position before. And you go, oh, thank you very much for that. 
watch us crumble to pieces. That's what the Falcons are called. I saw before the the Tuesday night game we had this week. There was the there's only been two previous ones in NFL history, and they were both under fifty one point five points. So one of the bookies was pulling out because of history, the <laughs> game being under fifty one point five, and I just didn't add up for me. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's two games in a hundred years away, but that's but you got bailed anyway. Didn't make any sense. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Did it finish under it? Over, didn't it? Because um... think about over. The Titans got about 42 points in their own. Of course, yeah. They munched all over them and managed to then throw that guy into next week. Yeah. Josh, Josh Norman got thrown. It, it yeah. was. Yeah. Poor, yeah. poor man. Absolutely bitch slapped. <laughs> He's got a clo- clothesline and drop kicked at the same time. OBJ <laughs> paid him, paid uh, Henry some cash. Get his own back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's have a, a bit more of a broader look around the league as well. Um, I think the, the big story this week has been Dan Quinn getting fired along with, what's his name? The, Dimitrov. Dimitrov, that's the trap. Yeah, thanks for chiming in. Um, who's, who do you think is going to go in there? Well, obviously, last week, the Texans had their, their, their job available as well and McDaniels at the enemy were both touted highly. Do you think it would be like one-on-one? Like one take one job, one take the other? Those two seem to be the favourites at, at the moment. I think Arthur Smith, the, the current OC at the Titans, is probably going to like to get a look in as well. Those are the, the hot names that it seems that at this point in time. Uh, they both have gone early in terms of firing, probably try and get in front of the queue, try and get things lined up as quickly as possible so that they can get someone in. Because uh, obviously at the moment, historically speaking, NFL teams would always wait till, till late. It does seem it's almost becoming similar to football. Um, the, the, they will start getting rid of getting rid of coaches quite early in the season. It's certainly a new new vibe. So when uh, when is it that Adam Gase goes? <laughs> Good I think it's shocking, isn't it? That he's not gone already. <laughs> like, it's fascinating that he's still there. He must have. I think he'll last the season. Do you think so? We'll I do. It. I think it just it depends how people uh, how they want to go about it. I mean, the, the Jets have been like the Dolphins; they've just been kind of doing next to nothing for a fair few years. <laughs> Strange enough, under Gase. Um, but it's it's whether you burn it down and start again or not. And I think they'll they've shipped out um, Lev Bell today or dropped him at least anyway. Uh, and it's whether they start looking at the rest of well, what if they've got any more talent that they can trade away or, or like um, like the Dolphins did basically when we we dumped everything and just go into the summer like right okay we actually have a plan to build now rather than just treading water. I think the fact that they that they got rid of Lev Bell. But clearly, Gase is pretty much from the, the time that Lev Bell first got there. He pretty <laughs> didn't think he was worth the money. So clearly, they've always had a bit of a, a bit of back and forth. The fact that Lev Bell goes before they get rid of him, I think, actually gives him more shows that the management are likely to keep him on a bit longer, just because he's still obviously involved in those decisions. Well, I read somewhere that the it was the guy who's I don't know the guys the GM of the Jets now. But it was the, his predecessor that signed Bell so a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, Mike like, Agnan. Yeah, he, like, uh, so whoever's the gym now doesn't rate him. Adam Gase doesn't rate him, but I mean, I wouldn't take Adam Gase's rating as anything. <laughs> uh, you look at his track history and then watch what uh, Tannehill just did last night to the to the Bills, and <laughs> it makes you think: Why on earth are you trusting this guy to make personnel decisions? Exactly. He, I, I think, when he does get binned out the Jets, he'll be lucky to get like a special teams Canadian Football League assistant coordinator or something like that job, if he's very lucky. <laughs> 
Hey, man, and we'll, we'll do the best, do the best for him. Call up all the all the teams and get him a job again, like he did for this one. Didn't he bring Tannehill? So didn't he bring Tannehill to the Dolphins though? I don't know whether he can he can assess players well. He just can't make them do anything. Because <laughs> it seems like he, I don't know whether he brought in a lot of the talent that we shipped out already. Because he was there for a couple for two or three seasons. Great, great scout, terrible coach. I mean, maybe that's what he needs to be. Maybe he needs to drop back a few, a few pay grades in there and like work to his his skill set. He was when he started. I think. I think he started off as a coach for the Lions or something. Oh, sorry, a scout or something for the Lions, and worked his way up. The only kind of winning season that he's put together as any kind of coach or anything was with Peyton Manning, which I don't think needs much help. Yeah, yeah I don't know how much coaching he was doing to yeah, exactly. late career Peyton Manning. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, his, his, his job with the Dolphins off the back of that season. Yeah. So no, he went, he, went to, he went to Chicago in between and had um, Jay Cutler. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, Cutler went to Miami, didn't he? Just after yeah. that. Well, Cutler, uh, Cutler retired and we, when um, Tannehill got injured, we pulled Cutler out of the booth. And he just sauntered in like he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't give a flying crap. <laughs> Fair enough, like... Uh, right, so we touched on it a little bit earlier as well. Uh, the Derek Henry against Josh Norman play that was not a play because of pullback for penalties and what have you. After 16 days of not doing any sort of contact practice, I think the Titans looked very good over the weekend. How about any of us? I thought they looked really good. Um, obviously, everyone was kind of riding them off. Everyone was a bit pissed off with them around the league because they were ruining this Navy train that we that got going. And... Uh, they obviously were pretty annoyed with some, all the comments and everyone hating on them for, for not following the protocols and, and came out and just dropped a bomb on the Bills. Uh, I mean, I think you don't often have performances where you have six trips to the red zone and end up with six touchdowns. In fact, I think a stat came out earlier that uh, that last time that happened with no turnovers in a game was, was the Patriots back in 2007, also against the Bills, funny enough. It just goes to show that they were really were on song last night. Yeah, I mean, the Bills have been fairly formidable this year. I, I wonder how the Titans would have played had they not had the, the COVID issues. Like, if they'd just been allowed to do, excuse me, week to week to week to week, would they have been better than what they've shown? Because I, I can't remember the record off, off the top of my head, but I think they were, like, a two and two, one and three, something like that. Like, two and three now, aren't they? So would they, would they have been, they've had a better record by now? Or would they just be muddling along as they are? The Titans, this is. Yeah, the Titans, yeah, sorry. So Titans moved to four and zero last night. So they yeah, were they, the most, they got to be the, the the quietest undefeated side just because everyone kind of forgot about them for two weeks. But no, they're they're very much in the mix in in the AFC and, and going for that number one seed at the moment. That's why they're trying to spread Kobe rain so much they can go undefeated if it's only a seven game season. If it goes on winning <laughs> as percentage. You're a, <laughs> as you're on a Packers podcast, the only team going sixteen and zero this season is the Packers. So just uh, just remember that one, there, boys. Um, I've got my, I've got my bottle, I've got my bottle to pop when you lose to the last undefeated team. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you and I earlier this yeah. week, James, we spoke Pardon, briefly about. Like, hang on, just start again. Who's talking? <laughs> Matt, sorry, go on, mate. Sorry. Sorry, no, no, sorry. I was just going to say that it, what, what was um, I thought was significant about that uh, Titans uh, victory last night. It wasn't just that. Well, it wasn't what you you think of as your stereotypical Titans performance. It was a lot of uh, you know Tannehill. You know, throwing the ball around. I mean, I can't count the amount of times I saw him pick out like AJ Brown. 
Um, and, you know, Derek Henry, he didn't have one of his crazy, you know, where he just drags the whole Titans organisation on his back and just steamrolls through an opponent. I think he was only really used in goal line, you know, situations like significantly. Obviously, well, he had a couple of touchdowns. But like, it wasn't that sort of, you know, what you think of when you think back to the playoffs last year. So I think it shows a bit of development on their side. And, you know, they are really, a, you know, a team to be reckoned with on, you know, in every way that they can attack you. Is it development or is it that other teams have found them out? Like, they're just using Derrick Henry as such a battering ram. Have they had to develop other options or is it because teams are just like, like uh, stopping the run? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I, sp- I suppose they, you know, they have to find other ways to attack you. Um, you could say the development of like, you know, AJ a- a- Brown is it his second year now? I think it is. Um, you know, just being more of a, that guy. I don't, th- I don't even think Corey Davis was playing last night as well. Like, you know, first round pick. Um, so yeah, no, it, it very much could be the uh, that development. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know the X's and O's that well, but uh, yeah, definitely seems seems that way. Staying with the, the AFC, obviously the Browns have, have now moved to, to four and one. How realistic does anyone think their chances of winning the AFC North are after the win against the Colts? I love the Browns. I don't know. <laughs> I think something about. It. I think the, the year that I truly got into um, American football was probably about three years ago, and they'd just come off a one and f- um, fifteen season. And I was like an underdog, so I kind of picked them as a second or third team. And they then outdid themselves and went 0-16. <laughs> I thought, you sound like my kind of guys. Uh, I think they were, yeah. I think they were struggling with the, uh, the AFC North, sorry, because we've got mm. the Ravens and the Steelers in the same division. Yeah. Um, the chances of going bottom of the division this year are unlikely, so everyone in Cleveland's going to be ecstatic. But apart from that, no, I can't see it. Maybe with the extended playoffs, they'll get like a very... Very slim chance of uh, the new wild card, but apart from that, can't really see it myself. It's also the, the best thing I read today that their 4-1 and start is their best start in 26 years. And do you know who the coach... is when they restarted? Uh, it was 1999 uh, they restarted. They folded in about 95, 96. Do you know who the coach was the last time they started like this? Bill Belichick. That's the man. <laughs> he's, he's up to some sort of dark arts at that point. I can't work it out. He is. He's, 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 um, he's sacrificed some um, hearts from someone somewhere down the line. He sacrificed the careers of Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> All just to feed Tom Brady. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> blood transfusions in the night. Uh, right, yeah. So, James, you and I briefly discussed the... Like, we had a little tin ball hat moment earlier in the week where Matt Ryan should be traded to the 49ers to rejoin Kyle Shanahan. On Good Morning Football this morning, they said exactly that. Are we just brilliant, or is it just like a thing that should happen? I mean, that was when he played his best football of his career, Matt Ryan, that is, under Shanahan. Obviously, that 2016 season where they went to the Super Bowl Atlanta and barring some outlandish play calling, um, they would have won a Super Bowl. So, from Matt Ryan, you've got to think that he'd be interested. I think that Garoppolo is, you know, he's okay, but is he going to ever probably take you to that, that final level. He's never probably going to win you a Super Bowl. As you saw last season throughout the playoffs, that they were winning in spite of Garoppolo. They were running the ball here constantly. And then in the Super Bowl, when obviously all the chips were on the table, he wasn't good enough to, to, to get it done. So you do wonder if Shanahan has that thought in his mind, if he th- could actually take that contract on, but whether or not he'd ever consider it. Yeah, it makes sense from the... 
So it makes sense from the Falcons um, because this is their point now where they have to pick. You're starting, what, 0-4, 0-5. You need to choose what you're going to do now. You just change your coach. You've got some ageing players. If you're going to try and continue the season and win as much as you can, I doubt very much you're going to go 12-4, and which means you might just sneak into the playoffs. But with that team, is that team good enough? Is this their opportunity to, again, blow it up, to just say, we've started poorly, we can get a massive haul back for some of these players? And do we look to build again for the future? What do you guys think they get for Matt Ryan at this, you know, this point of his career? How old is he? Like, what, 33, 34? Something like that? Um, yeah, what do you think his, his value is? I think his contract is so big that to take that contract on, I don't think any team would give up too much. He's 35 now. So it's got to, obviously, you've got to commit to him just because of the amount of money that you'd be putting into him. So I think that you could probably get it done for maybe a second or a third just because of the amount of the salary cap you're going to have to take on if you do you do trade obviously from the Falcons point of view it'd be interesting I think to also see if they look at getting rid of any of the other, of other players see Julio Jones is probably the other big player that springs to mind he's coming towards the back half of his career but still obviously an elite talent receiver so you'd likely probably garnish actually more for Julio than you would for Ryan I think at this point but the, the emergence of Ridley as well helps him out in that respect because Ridley's looked good. He's, he's, a, he's one of the top receivers this year in regards to um, yardage uh, and receptions. Uh, and Gage, so I think, one of the other ones. Alexander. Yes, yeah. and they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> the masterful Jair Alexander. Yeah, we've got to keep swinging that back around to the Packers. You know, that's what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what you know, your fan base. Yeah, all 12 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and two of them are on. Well, that's it, yeah. Well, yeah, it's about me and James, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so and the, the, other, the other big thing that happened this week, obviously, was the unfortunate leg break for Dak Prescott. Um, obviously, he goes into the, the rest of the season, he's out, he's completely out for the season. I mean, unless he can run it off like Tony Romo seems to think. But where, as, he, as he enters free agency next year, do you think, where do you think he goes? I reckon probably Colts or New Orleans, if Rivers or Breeze retires, would be a good fit for him. Anyone have any other, any other thoughts? I can't see him leaving the Cowboys. I just think Gary Jones very rarely ever lets sort of star players go. I know that's misfortunate, but by all accounts, it seems as though it was quite a clean break. Um, so although it's going to take some time to get back to fitness, I think that you can't, I mean, there's very few players of his calibre in the league. You've got to say, well, particularly this season, he was playing sort of top five sort of quarterback in the league, trying to replace that, unless you're going to get one of those, those upper echelon rookies Trevor Lawrence, I just don't see how you replace him, so I just can't see him leave the building. Whether or not he gets a bit of a discount now, that will probably be the main sticking point. I have to well, agree with that as well. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he would have got there, but he was. What was he on track for? Like something crazy, like six thousand seven hundred yards or something passing this year. Like it was, it was absolutely mind, like mind blowing stats that he was he was doing. Obviously, he's got a lot of firepower in that offense, but. You know, to to be putting up those numbers. Um, just a shame they've got such a bad defense at the moment. But hopefully they can get it fixed by next year if he comes back. That's that's oh, why I, think, I don't I, I don't trust the offensive numbers for him. To be fair, because when your defense is that atrocious, then that you're ahead so much, or you're behind, or fighting for so many games that you do throw the ball around. I think he got his ability gets hidden behind the how bad the defense has been for a little while. I think you'll end up staying there purely because, of the, as you mentioned, the discount. Um, Jerry likes a bargain, and he'll be able to hope, uh, he'll be looking at this, thinking he can lever, leverage 
this injury because he's going to have to be on the uh, his second um, franchise tag next year or give him a contract. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's all going to boil down to money. As you guys all said, that it's the, the discount, obviously, on the injury now, it's, it's just come at a really bad time for Dak, I think. I think he would have been doing, he would have had a lot more time to leverage himself more money, but as, as just the nature of it, Jerry Jones is sitting there with all, holding all the cards. It's unfortunate, for, but I think it's I think it probably about right. Although I do think he would be in a, a very good fit for New Orleans if it happens, but I can't resume it personally. I think most teams in the league would probably be happy to take Dak on at this point. Obviously, those teams with an aging starter, I think you could write a list as long as your arm. Amount of teams that probably wouldn't would prefer Dak over the the current option they've got for a QB. If he was to hit the open market, I think that he would one make a lot of money, which is certainly on the cards if they did let him go. Uh, but yeah, I think they'd have a a queue around the corner for people sort of lining up for him. And it's who the who the um, the Cowboys are bringing to replace him as well. So if he goes, they need they need to replace him. But you can't see them getting a high draft pick this year, which means they've got to look for free agency. Matt Ryan maybe <laughs> if it lasts the season. Yeah, he's eight. Clearly going to hours. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they stick with the red rifle. <laughs> uh, they, they can't stick with Andy Dalton because of the sun in, in Texas. He'll just burn. He'll, he'll burst up flames or something. <laughs> All their games have been moved to prime time, so none of the sun comes through that little visor in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, I think it's time for the MVP of the week from everybody. Who wants to go first? Shall I go first? I'll go, go first. Ahead. Right. <laughs> Decision made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, I'm, I'm going like, for a, a bit of a, a weird one this week. I'm going with Arthur Blank, who is the owner of the Atlanta Falcons purely for finally getting rid of Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. The Falcons are 0-5 and for Quinn being such a, de- a supposedly defensively minded coach by like having these collapses and they're just so weak in the defence I think they're just like, it's, it's not before time so Arthur Blank getting rid of Dan Quinn is my MVP this week. Okay, My MVP for this week I've gone for Derek Carr. Uh, he went toe-to-toe with Patrick Holmes and he won which doesn't happen very often. I think he played absolutely Amazing. Um, a lot, obviously, had a lot of criticism throughout his career about being very sort of careful with the ball, not throwing deep, um, and complete opposite was true on Sunday. Going to Henry Ruggs, it seemed on on m- many possessions thrown deep, uh, and yeah, as I say, it's very rare you go into Arrowhead and come out the win. So I've gone for Derek Carr this week. Good shout. I personally go for uh, Chase Claypool of the Steelers, that rookie uh, second round receiver. Getting what was it four touchdowns? Um, his breakout game. I think it's it's an absolute travesty that you know someone has that sort of day and and there's no fans there to or you know limited fans. I'm not sure what it was at um, at the state well in Pittsburgh, but um, you know breaking out for for those four touchdowns. Um, you know they've got a knack for it, haven't they? The Steelers of <laughs> just getting ridiculous steals in the draft and, and really good receivers. So um, yeah, I'd have to go with him. What's more of a is on no one's fantasy team. We're just watching the points pile up. And yourself, Phil? Uh, I'm going for Miles um, Garrett. Mr. Helmet Swinger himself. Um, purely because the Browns are a team that, are, like many teams that I enjoy, they've just got, they seem to have it in their DNA of how to lose, basically. 
And in the he got, I mean, he didn't have a massive stat line: a sack, a tackle for loss, and four QB hits. But it was late in the fourth. The Colts were coming back. Um, it was it was a three-score game. They got it down to one. Um, he came piling through with Rivers in the end zone and scared the crap out of him, which meant he threw the ball away, and it ended up being intentional grounding and got, got him a safety. And it just it's plays like that. You need big players to come up in big spots, and when you're on a team that just seems to lose all the time, to actually hold and keep a win, I, I think it's um, yeah, that's leadership. Yeah, that's an excellent shot. I would even even uh, considered Miles Garrett. You know, um, I read a thing where Mike Tomlin was talking to the Browns Steelers this this coming weekend. Uh, he said he's <laughs> not going like, to think about Miles Garrett considering what happened last year. So I don't know, I don't know how that matchup's going to go. It should be interesting to see how he plays. I think, but, but you know, excellent shot for MVP. I think the O line are going to try and want to squash him a bit. There'll be a few extra a bit of extra power in the hits against him. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably, like Mason Rudolph will be on the corner, but like on the on the sideline, yeah. trying not to piss his pants every time it happens. Like a little brother standing behind his big brother, going, "Yeah, it's him." <laughs> Basically, yeah, it was a terrible joke. It's, a, um, it's all right. I think we're we're both standing behind our big brothers. I'm guessing then. Uh, do you know what's upsetting is that I'm the big brother, so it would have been my big sister that was fighting for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, let's talk about the Mister Irrelevant of the week. Am I going first again, boys? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Right, I'm going with Le'Veon Bell. We spoke about him briefly before. Um, I think his stock has just like plummeted, like the 1929 stock exchange. Um, he held out for a year at Steelers, didn't get what he wanted, so he got traded away to the Jets. Uh, now he, he, he's done nothing at the Jets for two years, and he's now he's been released by a team led by Adam Gase. He's only 28, so surely he gets picked up by someone else for like a year, two, maybe three years if he's lucky. But I think his attitude goes against him too much. I think his uh, his holdouts and his lack of lack of production the last two years is just not going to be anywhere in the league. So my Mr. Irvin this week is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so I'd actually put Le'Veon Bell as well uh, for much the same reasons. Uh, a guy who obviously sat out full season, he was going to redefine the position and, and the wage scale for running backs. You know, he managed to get obviously relatively big deal, apparently less than what the Steelers had initially asked from the Jets and has done Jack since he's got arrived. Uh, now, no, no team would even trade for him, not even a seventh-round pick. Um, and I'd be surprised. I mean, he probably will pick up onto the team at some point, but I, I'd be very surprised if his career takes off for a minute. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, Matt, Phil, anyone want to jump in with those? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I think I've gone a little bit um, a bit different with this, with the idea of this, but... My my Mr. Irrelevant of the week, and it was for one one sole act, one sole throw. And you'll probably be shocked at me saying this for as a Rams fan, but it's Jared Goff because I don't know if anyone <laughs> no, I'd agree saw. With that. I'd agree with that. He's been <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone saw that attempted spike, which was more. I think James said it to me in a text. It was like a full toss in cris- uh, in cricket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> too much tops going on. That was the problem. <laughs> that's it yeah uh, so despite despite the you know the effort of putting up 30 points on, the, on his offense but uh yeah it's jared goff for me for that uh that moment that if, if the stadium was full of fans every single one of them would have pointed and gone ah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just a british thing i don't know maybe i don't know i, I would have i would have done it if i was watching on telly anyway uh phil who's your mr irrelevant this week i think there can only be one uh and that's got to be Mr. 15.7 passer rating, Jimmy G himself. The lowest by a 49er since 2005. 
even for a man who's overpaid and overhyped, that was a particularly poor performance. Yeah, but you're so handsome, you know what I mean? That's right, he'll get, he'll get a lot of modelling jobs. Yeah. That's what, it's that's hard what to feel bad for a guy that looks like that, isn't it? Like, he's been caught back <laughs> all his life. He was sitting wandering around dating um, San Francisco porn stars for one summer. He's facing Aaron Donald this week, so he might not look like that come Monday. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's wearing a helmet. That's... <laughs> it's just being printed. His face got to be imprinted on his nose by the end of it. So, Matt, what have you, who have you got for your... Uh, NFC and AFC Championship game predictions. Oh, I haven't, I haven't thought about this too far. Um, I'd have to say from the from the NFC. Um, I feel like I'm playing to the crowd here, but I maybe is this what I want to happen? If it's not the Rams and it's to see Aaron Rodgers back there and winning the Super Bowl, to be honest. Um, you know he's looking really, really sharp again. Um, despite what you know, some very, very questionable draft strategy. I'm sure you guys have been into that in a lot of depth uh, throughout the season. They'd have to go with the Packers. And on on the AFC side, oh, I just can't see it going past Mahomes. Like when he when it really matters, you know, coming up clutch and you know, in in those sorts of situations in the playoffs, uh, as we saw last year. You know, what was it, 24 points down against the Texans and then absolutely torching them for like 50-odd. Um, I just can't see anyone really beating him, especially if the Ravens looked a little bit off. You know, that's where you would have put, well, I think the money would have been, been on them. Um, the Steelers, oh, the Steelers as well would be in my favourites for the AFC, but no, I'd, I'd have to go Chiefs versus, um, Chiefs versus Packers. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Obviously with a, with a Green Bay win, you know. Uh, right, just before you jump in, Phil, I need to turn my headphones off because I've just got a battery low notification. So give me a second, I'll pause this and try not to break things. Phil, who's your NFC and AFC champs for this season? Um, again, I don't want to blow smoke up the, the um, host arses, but the Packers are there. It's difficult between them and the Seahawks. Um, the 49ers, the pre-season, people might have thought that they might they might get up there, the Saints as well. But everyone's just looked a bit off, except the Seahawks and the Packers, who have both looked imperious, to be fair. I've done a, a shootout between um, the, the Packers and the Seahawks would be a great NFC Championship game in and of itself. And probably a bit more exciting than the Super Bowl, depending on who gets there. But um, I'm going to have to... Uh, I don't think I have to go to Seahawks, I'm afraid. Uh, don't kill me. You realise now you're dead to me, yeah? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I've been dead inside for years. <laughs> um, yeah, I get these toes. I just think if they go if they go toe-to-toe, full-strength defence, I think that the, the Seahawks is secondary. We'll just give them a bit of a hand there. Um, AFC-wise, again, it's hard to see past the Chiefs, but the Steelers have looked, their defence has looked solid. They've got people making plays all over the shop. And I think it's considering the, the, how the Chiefs looked against the Raiders, it showed that they can be beaten. It's whether Ben can launch it deep, as uh, Carr seemed to do to beat them. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go Chiefs, I think. So In the long run, they're hard to beat. Steelers, sorry, Chief. Chiefs against the, for the Super Bowl, yeah? Yeah, Chiefs, Seahawks. Who are you, who are you picking up in the Seahawks or the Chiefs then? I'm going to go Seahawks, just because Russ, Russ is going to cook. 
I mean, like, as a professional cook, I don't agree with that phrase, but we'll go with it. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, a, it's a cultural appropriation. It is, it is. I'm a little bit offended by it, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Chefist. Have I missed anything else, or is there anything we still need to talk about? Uh, quite happy to go back across other stuff. You know, we've got more people in. It's not just me and James talking bollocks for an hour. <laughs> more people talking bollocks for an hour. You've done an awful lot. We've done, we've done some very good bollocks, has to be said. What is it I saw? I saw some very excitable bollocks. But I just want to make sure that we've all covered. If anyone's got anything else to put in, more than happy. I'd just like to say that the two entertaining things that I got this week is Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one. Really? Is he not? Wow. Apparently That's not. Good stuff, though. I like that. You're welcome. And then the other one I had was Kendrick Bourne. Um, who scored a 19 yards touchdown in the third quarter? That was the f- uh, for the um, 49ers. That was their first uh, touchdown from a wide receiver this season. What? No, no, no. Was well, it all been just kill and uh, kittle, kill all running backs? That Ayuk. Yeah, Ayuk scored yeah. a touchdown against the um, Eagles. One where he jumped over. Yeah, That's the only reason I remember. Yeah. Oh. That was okay. a really good place to be back. Yeah, that's the reason I remember. He jumped yeah. over. <laughs> Maybe he's listed as a running back. <laughs> Unless it was a running play. Like, like an Aaron Jones style running back. Yeah. Uh, I'd also mention Patrick Queen um, for the uh, Ravens, their rookie. Apparently, him and uh, Joe Burrow have got like a little internal rivalry going back from when they were LSU teammates last year. And they used, used, to, used to use it to kind of hype each other up. But he just um, he just made mincemeat of them <laughs> and the entirety of the Bengals. Yeah, didn't Joe Burrow get hit for like, ten, like seven or eight sacks or something? It was horrible. He got a strip, he strip sacked him, from, recovered a f- um, fumble for 50, a 53-yard defensive touchdown. Um, yeah, end up with AFC Player of the Week. That's, that's not a bad return, eh? So, so and, a pack, and a Packers could have drafted him ahead instead of Love, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the hit from the um, Jacksonville safety, the helmet-to-helmet ejection? Yeah, I did see that, actually. It looked absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it was but disgusting. Then, then, the boy just like, popped up and just, then he just got on with his day. Yeah, it was one of those ones where he, it, the, he comes in from the side of, the, of, of the, one of the camera angles and everything's just going fine. He catches it lovely and everything. And then you just see this helmet appear out of nowhere and just smash him to bits. It's, oh, it gives me a headache just thinking about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Putting a helmet on scares me. Everyone on uh, a bike. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, right, gentlemen. So if that's us for the afternoon, then uh, we could probably wrap it up there. Huge thanks yeah. to Matt and Phil for joining us this week. Matt, where can we follow you? Twitter, oh, um... Oh, what, on, on Twitter? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, SoundCloud, if you're a rapper, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear that. Um, no, I, I mean, you can, by all means, go and follow Matt Childs. Um, it's just Matt Childs, M-A-T-T-C-H-I-L-D-S. But you won't see much from me other than retweets, probably about the Rams, Wolves, and, uh, and anything else I find funny. That's fair enough. And Phil, what about you? Uh, yeah, the only, only place I'm on really is Twitter. It's at PhilSwain6, and I just generally insult people because I get bored. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I've been on the receiving end of a few of those. Yeah, you're welcome. I, th- yeah. I do believe we've, we've got a good tennis match going so far. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know who's, a, who's a love, but one of them is very much at hate. Um, <laughs> all right, on that note, James, I'm sure one of us will be live tweeting the Packers game at the weekend. There's every chance it's you because I'm stop working again. Um, so if our four listeners could look out for that, that'd be amazing. Um, you can normally tell which tweets are James and which ones are mine because I'm the one that's in the middle of a mental breakdown. 
Um, yeah, in that case, you've been listening to the Shuffle Pack podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Shuffle Pack, or you can email the pod with basically anything at shufflepackpod at gmail.com. And you can basically just just tell us anything. Receiving one email would be nice. Uh, James, you got anything to say? No. Uh, looking forward to, to the, the game on, on Sunday. Obviously, it's going to be very much hyped with Brady and Rogers, obviously not actually facing up, but uh, going against each other. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Hopefully, uh, report back next week with a with a five and zero record. Yeah, no, that, that's the dream. So uh, on that note, it's a goodbye from myself. Goodbye from Matt. Goodbye from Phil. Uh, goodbye from James. Go back, go. Go back, go.